Nation, what is going on? Welcome to another edition of the Hawks Game TV podcast. I'm your host, Mac, joined by my ever so handsome co-host, Mr. Derek Freeze. Um Hawk Nation. Yes, sir. Um, I'm I am beyond excited for this week's episode because yeah, we're gonna break down the summer league and kind of give our opinions on that, but really. Because our news cycle has slowed down a little bit, I don't want to just continue talking about this possible Siakam trade because at this point, I hope it does happen, but there ain't there ain't no new news on it. You know what I mean? So <laughs> we, ain't, we ain't going to just keep talking about it. So what we're going to do instead is something that I'm very excited for, something that we're going to call the history of the Hawks. And the, the topic we have chosen for this week's episode is going to be the 1988 playoff series in the second round between the Celtics. This was a pretty epic series, guys. Uh, if you haven't looked in the series at all, I'm sure after this episode, you're going to be itching to go watch a game or two because this this was wild. But we'll, we'll get into that in just a little bit. As I said, we'll go ahead and kind of break down the Summer League to begin with. Um, Derek, I got to say, man, the Summer League, at the end of the day, I liked what I saw from our rookies. Um, I wasn't blown away by any of them necessarily, but I mean, I remember not necessarily being blown away by Trey in the Summer League. You know what I mean? So um, I liked what I saw. I think there's definitely improvement for all three of them, but, you know, yet again, these guys are rookies. They're, of course, going to have room for improvement. Um, you know, I, I I think if you're going to pick an MVP, some of the easier choices are probably Tyrese Martin and the Kobe Buffkins. Um, and they're, they're certainly deserving of it. I think Kobe, uh, his <laughs> shooting percentage-wise is definitely a lot lower than you would like to see. But, again, that's just kind of what will happen with a rookie, especially a guy who, at the end of the day, Never really had that kind of volume at Michigan. So, you know, maybe that is just kind of what what you get right now when, when he has that kind of volume. But I, I got to be honest, man, my MVP, you know, I, I got to give it to Muhammad Gay, man. I, I know statistic-wise he wasn't the MVP necessarily. But, you know, he is hands down the guy that I think all of us are probably the most excited about. And that, you know, is certainly um, something that I, you know, am, am right there with everyone else. I'm, I'm excited about the guy and I think his future – uh, his 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 ceiling is probably the highest of the three, but his floor could probably be the lowest of the three as well. He could end up being somebody that never really sees real NBA minutes, or he could be a guy that's a you know borderline perennial All Star. Who knows? You know, quite quite a quite a range there. So, um, but yeah, man, I I, I got to say, the summer league we ended three and two. As you said, when we first went into it, we were predicted to basically lose every single game um, from Vegas. So. I have to admit, I'm pretty happy with the result, and uh, it was just fun, fun in general. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, we had the 76ers and the Mavs. I mean, the Mavs games <laughs> uh, when we didn't make the tournament there, I think some of those players stayed out in Vegas and had a little bit of a <laughs> too good of a time. I'm sorry, but shooting 16 percent from three for a whole game, <laughs> woo! But overall, I mean, yes, Cody. Kobe Bufkin, like, you saw flashes. And like I said from the very get-go, in Summer League, I'm not looking at stats. What you hear is, you know, even scouts when they're going out there, they're not looking at that either. They're looking at traits. And he definitely flashed at times. He flashed, like, you know, his drive at times. He flashed his floater, his passing, his vision, the IQ, the feel for the game, all those things. Now, also, are there areas of improvement? Of course. He's a 19-year-old kid who weighs 185 pounds soaking wet. So, obviously, you know, not to beat a dead horse, get in the weight room. Um, yeah, percentage shooting wasn't the best, but 
you know, I like what I saw of him. Like, it did make me realize we do need to have that veteran guard. Um, I mean, we know we have Patty Mills right now. Is he going to be on the team or not? Who's to say? But I don't think he's ready straight up right off the rip to jump in for heavy minutes at, you know, in a rotation at the NBA level. Like, not saying we can't work him in, but he's definitely shouldn't be our, our go to guy. But he's also a 19 year old kid playing guard in the NBA, one of the toughest positions to make that jump to. Um, yes, I agree with you, Muhammad Gay. Like, if you are to look at an MVP, like, I mean, the flashes he's shown, like, as a guy with that who's that raw. Like, yeah, there's times, but there's also the inverse of it. Like you said, there's times it's like uh, defensively, like, God, brutal. Another guy who I thought really had a, you know, a quiet, but good. He does exactly what's advertised with Seth Lundy. Like, even like they, they talked to him about it. He goes, look, I know why I'm here. Three and D. I know what I am. I know what I'm supposed to do. I know what I'm here for. And the guy, you saw it. He could shoot from anywhere. He has a hair trigger, man. That thing comes off quick, comes off fast. And um, he had a couple of big buckets against the 76, 76ers there before Kobe stole the show there with two great drives to the basket. Um, one driving to his right with the off-glass left hand, and then the game winner, Kobe Bufkin. Um, that little nice little hesitation on top of the – Right as he set the screen, nice little hesitation and slow through to it. And then he played defense. Kobe played defense on the final um, um, possession. It was funny. The 76ers game for Kobe was the inverse of the Timberwolves game. The Timberwolves game, he came out on a tear and then kind of tear it off. The 76ers game was he came out. Uh, oh, it was ugly. I mean, he was like one for six through the third quarter. And then the fourth quarter, you know, he stepped it up there. Um Miles Norris also in that 76 game, he only played like, what, 14 minutes, but he had 12 points, five of seven shooting. He's our a two-way guy that we signed immediately after the draft uh, to one of our two-way contracts. Um, you know, overall, there's a lot to be impressed with. There's a lot for them to work on. Um, all these guys have got a need. I think the only guy that we can really expect to maybe see some um, earlier minutes from it's probably Seth Lundy, and it's just because of he's a guy that can hit a three and he can play some D. Like, I'm not saying he's going to see heavy minutes, but I think Seth probably see more time early on at the beginning of the season. not saying that Bufkin can't work his way in, but what I saw, like I said, it probably need a, a, probably need another veteran guard at this point. Um, I'm not saying he can't be that guy just from what I see. I mean, he wasn't a, a, a pure point guard at Michigan. Um, but... That being said, that was summer league. It was fun to have real basketball. Uh, I hate to see um, Crutchy, you know, roll his ankle there in that last game. Um, he did spring it, so hopefully, you know, we're gonna have to make a decision between him and Martin here soon because I think Martin's um, this week. I think he has to get his guaranteed offer or not. So we'll kind of see which way that battle kind of goes. They both kind of tailed off at the end after having strong starts so we'll see how that goes but I mean that's summer league it was a fun time in Vegas you know got to see the young draft picks but it's now the time to move on to the fun stuff which is to talk about the guy whose statue is in front of the freaking stadium Mr. Dominique Wilkins in that epic seven game series against 
Larry Legend and the Bucks. Yeah, I, I did have a couple more things I want to say about summer league. So let me let me let me get those. No, you're good, man. You were just you were just going, man. So I'll let you. I'll let you. Um yeah, no, uh I I I like what I saw from Lundy, but I do think there was still a little left to be desired out of him. Um, I think he kind of fell off in that last game, a game with him being a 23-year-old as opposed to a lot of guys that are a little younger. I was hoping to not see him shoot, uh, you know, one for seven and have a negative 30 on the floor that night. So I don't even know how you get that low, to be completely honest, but he somehow did it. Um, but, you know, I, I got to agree, uh, not only because of the injury, but with their play, I do think. Uh, Martin will probably get that last final roster spot over a bit, but you know, it's, it's yet to be determined. And like you said, it's gotta be something that we know has gotta be made. The decision has gotta be made rather soon. So um, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. Again, I, I've uh, said this before and it's no disrespect to either one of these guys, but I'm not going to sit here and act like either one of them are, are, you know, final piece to a championship run. So all I'm really getting at is like, yeah, I, I, I prefer Tyrese Martin. I'm sure some people prefer Vic Krejci and, you know, one of them will get it. And hopefully the other, maybe some, some, some way stays with the Skyhawks or something like that. We'll, we'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, like you said, we'll go ahead and get into that uh, history of the Hawks segment. Before we do that though, definitely want to go ahead and let you guys listen to our message from our guys over at Permanent Solutions. When you need quick, effective, and accurate data cabling services, call Firmament Solutions. We care about your network infrastructure. Our services are white labeled, so you get the contracts. We provide the services. Our expertise includes low voltage communication, networking, electrical, physical security, and life safety equipment. We're industry leaders, providing 24-hour service coverage. So we ask, when is the best time to have one of our certified technicians assist you? All right, guys. Um, yeah, no, we uh, we love our guys over at Firmament, and you know, hope you guys love them too. <laughs> um, but as uh, as my handsome co-host said before, we now will get into that playoff series from 1988 between the Atlanta Hawks and the Boston Celtics. That was very epic, and I chose the series for a multitude of reasons. One uh, to kind of show that the Atlanta Hawks and the Boston Celtics, honestly, through generations. Because Derek was saying off air, I'm sorry if I'm still aligned from you here, but you know, back back when we won our championship in St. Louis, don't know if any of you young things know this, but we beat the Boston Celtics and they beat us in the finals a few times. Fast forward to the 80s, we played them in the, the Eastern Conference playoffs all the time, this being the most epic series by far. Obviously, never really ended up beating them because that's Larry Legend and you know this incredible NBA dynasty that was the Boston Celtics in the 1980s. Then fast forward to even like the mid-2010s, Isaiah Thomas and the Celtics are coming down to Atlanta and losing a, and I believe it was six that we beat them in. I was there for the, the game, the series clinching game. So, you know, and then obviously, I mean, the most recent playoffs, who are we playing against? The Boston Celtics. So I thought the series was, was, was damn near perfect for that reason. Um, and another reason is honestly because, you know, as I did all my research on this, there were some some key points that honestly really stuck out to me. And, and one of them being that the Hawks were at four points combined, four points combined away from beating one of the greatest franchises in NBA history. Four points. That's insane. That's how close. We, we won the aggregate. Exactly. We won the aggregate for the series. Exactly, man. 
You know, and in game seven, if it's in Atlanta, do we end up winning it? I mean, who knows? You know, I mean, I know at that point you have to make the – you can't really make that argument because regular season does matter and seeding, and I get all that. But I'm just saying, man, I'm, I'm just playing a little bit of devil's advocate here. You know, if that game is in Atlanta, who knows what happens? Um, you know, that the Omni was popping back then. Um, you know, Dominique was honestly playing the best basketball of his entire career at the moment. This dude was insane. Let me pull up this stats real quick. All right, so, yeah, he averaged 31 – Point three points per game, 5.4 rebounds, 2.9 assists, shot 39%, and had 47 points in a game seven loss. I mean, this dude went off in this series. This guy right here, this guy, he's a legend. And and, and literally because of, of moments like this in the NBA, it's insane. There's a, there's a reason why his nickname is the human highlight reel. Exactly. This man was doing LeBron James type stuff back in the day and the makes it more impressive is the lanes were not as wide as they are today like to get down into the paint you took a freaking beating back in those days and Dominique was doing this LeBron James type stuff against set defenses back when guys could literally actually mug you <laughs> and get away with it and, like, Kenny Smith, like, he talks about it. He goes, yeah, you look at LeBron James, like, Dominique was doing that way back in the day. He's the guy that kind of like gave me like gave me that analogy there. Like, hey, look at this and look at that. Um, I mean, I will say, though, I think losing this series is the reason why he's not a top 50 player in in the history of the league. Like, because so many of the greats. We'll get, uh, right. yeah, we'll get to that. Uh, that's kind of how we're in it. Like, what did it mean for the Hawks? So we'll, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. Um, you know, it was, it was a very streaky series. You know, I mean, Boston won game one and two. We won game three, four, and five. And then they won game six and seven. So there was never really this, like, back and forth. It was kind of just the, each team getting hot at the right moments. And, you know, honestly, the last key key point that I, I noticed in my research is, you know, could, could the Hawks put up a better fight in the Eastern Conference Finals against Detroit than the Celtics did? Because honestly, I'll tell you right now, Adrian Dantley would have not stopped Dominique. So I, I, I think, especially with the way Nick was playing, I mean, the answer is yes. We're we're going to the NBA Finals at that point. Sure, we're gonna we're gonna play, a, you know, a Magic Johnson led Lakers. I'm not gonna sit there and act like you know that's an easy opponent at all. But I'm just saying, man, you know that that it it it, it, it it's and not just that we would have been not just that. Danny Ainge is on record of saying, like, before, what was it, game six? Um, Larry was starting to do sky hooks with his left hand and right hands and warm up. And Danny Ainge is like, why are you doing that? And Larry Bird straight up said, my Achilles is shot. I can't do my step back. Like, yeah. they spended themselves beating the Hawks in that series. The Hawks what? were younger. If they win – I mean, what it could have, should have, like, it's the story of Atlanta experience. Atlanta, Atlanta, I call it being Atlanta sports sufferer. It's like, <laughs> it's our history. What it is, man. It is what it is. But, you know, hey, we Braves won a championship. I'm not a Georgia fan, but those of us in Atlanta that are Georgia fans, we're changing the tune. We're, we're this. I this, mean, there's another. This whole that's another Georgia Atlanta team that Atlanta has a lot of, of a lot of championships, Mac. Atlanta, this They're is from South Georgia. Georgia. right here, man. Um. But yeah, no, there, there's some, there's some, you know, pretty key statistics throughout the series that 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 again really stuck out to me. Each team had a pace factor for the series at 92 and a half, 
So each possession like mattered heavily. Like, I mean, you're, you're scoring 90 points a game, basically. Come on. Each possession matters at that point. Um, the Celtics had a turnover rate of 14.9 compared to the Hawks 9.7 and also a lower offensive rating and a lower defensive rating, you know, so honestly, man, like we just, in all key statistics, we were outmanning them. We were, we were just so close. Like I said, four points, four points. Dominic put up 40 points, 40 plus points twice in this series, man, twice, you know, and I, and I think honestly that cemented himself as one of the best players of the eighties, as you just kind of got at, like, for whatever reason, he's not remembered as a top 50 player, but in the eighties, you're damn right. He's a top 10, top 10, 15 player for sure. Um, Tree Rollins. I know you remember Tree Rollins, Derek. Yo, yo, one. Um, he attempted four field goals in game six and game seven combined and started in both games. So I got to be honest, both games were lost by two points. I'm not saying that Tree Rollins was going to win it for us, but I, I got I, I would like to see a would have liked to see more production out of him as I went through the, uh, you know. When you're seven one, just, in two just games. Put it in, just put it in, man. Just put it in. Your nickname's Tree for a reason. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And then the last one, man. All of the Boston starters played more minutes in the series than Dominique, even though all five of them are older than Dominique. To your point, Derek. Let me go and give the ages real quick. Larry Bird, 31 years old. Kevin McHale, 30 years old. Robert Parrish, 34 years old. Danny Ainge, 28 years old. Now let's go to the Hawks. Dominique Wilkins, 28. Doc Rivers, 26. Kevin Willis, 25. Trey Rollins, 32. Um, but I mean, I'm just saying, man. You know, these these you you get out it on the head. They were they were done at, by the end of this series. The Hawks killed them, and that's why they didn't beat Detroit. I mean, on paper, they're even with their age, they're still the better team than Detroit. And, you know, had Detroit's number in previous years in the playoffs, but Hawks, Hawks killed him, man. And, you know, um, I, 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 I got to say, you know, it's some, some of these performances by some of these players, like a Kevin Willis, who's 25 years old, which you got to remember at the time, guys, a 25-year-old player in the NBA, that's basically like his second year. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, they, they were coming in the league old. They were. They were staying in college all four years. Um, and it's it's not not the same landscape that it is today. So 25 years old and in a uh, game five and a game five win dropped 27 points and 15 boards. Like, come on, man, that's insane against a, a Boston Celtic team in the 80s. So, um, you know, Doc Rivers had a great game and, you know, I mean, a great series, rather averages, you know, over 17 and a half, right at 10 assists, had 129 offensive rating for the entire series, which for a guard is pretty damn good. Um, and you know, I, I mean, it's it's a dark river, so I mean, it's kind of kind of weird that he's playing the Celtics, but you know, I mean, hey, well, no, I mean, it goes back to when Danny Ainge hired Doc Rivers to be the Celtics coach to win that championship in 08, which the Hawks did take them a seven, and you know, one I versus eight. I didn't even mention that one in the beginning, Damn, yeah. exactly. We're we right. got into the Celtics, man, so. Like Danny Ainge even said famously, he even said like one of the reasons why I wanted to get Doc as the coach because I remember playing against him throughout the 80s and also specifically in this series, his competitiveness. And that was the problem. Boston had Bird, McHale, and Ainge. We just had, I mean, besides a couple games with Willis, it was Rivers and Dominique. Right. And that's... No, Will, Willis basically, when he played bad, we lost. When he played well, we won, you know. So, and you're nailing it right on the head when we had that third 
punch that, you know, that knockout punch in Willis, you know, we, we would win. And, you know, like I said, game five, the 27 and 14 in Boston. Like, I mean, I'm just saying that's huge. Like if somebody does that today, that's, that's all they're talking about on first take the next morning. Right. That's, that's all everybody's tweeting about is being like 27 and 15 from, I mean, Paulo Bancaro in the playoffs next year or something. I know Paulo Bancaro is under 25, but you get what yeah. I'm saying. I mean, that game seven, let's face it. I mean, we haven't got there yet, but that game seven, like, it is hands down one of the best game sevens ever. Watch game seven. If you watch any game from that series, it, even though it's a loss for us, watch that game seven. Because, Derek, it's like, it's like you were reading my notes through the screen, man. My next note was <laughs> game seven was neck and neck the entire time, man. Neither team could pull away. Neek dropped 47. Berg went for 34. And honestly, man, you know what? I'm dubbing it right now. I know it's almost 40 years later, but that was the Eastern Conference version of Magic Berg right there. And I'm serious because those dudes, every single time they saw each other in the playoffs, were at each other's necks, dropping 30 burgers left and right, maybe even 40 burgers. And I, I just, I don't know, man. It's one of those, you know, as somebody – well, I'll speak for most NBA fans. The NBA in the 80s, it was just different. I think that's probably, arguably, when it may have been its best product. I, you know, of course the product is amazing today. I'm not I'm not knocking the product today. But, man, dude, some of, some of these legendary series, I wish I could have seen them. I mean, that was man basketball back then. I mean, you had to be a man to go down into the paint. Um, tree tree uh man tree he bit almost bit danny ainge's finger off in 1983 like yeah like oh yeah like and no no game three and game four were played back to back in the playoffs they played them back to back they would never do that in today's nba right no uh it was a different league you had to be way tougher and never forget even that game seven is talking about that game seven getting back to it one thing I know Boston fans, you know, they catch a lot of flack for, uh, you know, for their um, treatment of, of certain types of players, let's say. But one thing Dominique even says, hey, hey, like that Boston fans, like they know basketball because Doc Rivers fouled out in that game. And he got a standing ovation from the garden with how well he played. And not just, I don't think God, he's out, but it was just like, holy crap, like, what, what the Toronto, Kevin Durant, you know, busting his Achilles. It was, it was them congratulating him on his performance. Yeah, no, showing respect. I, I, I feel you. And, you know, the back to back thing, like you're saying, man, game three and four were back. It was a back to back. Like, they would, that, that would never be scheduled in the NBA playoffs today, having two playoff games and a back to back. And guess what? The Hawks were down 0 2. Have game three and four back to back, won both games by combined almost 30 points. So I'm telling you, man, this set right here, I should have included it with the Bird Magic version in the East with, with uh Bird and uh and Neek. But the Hawks at Hawks and Celtics at that point had had met nine times in the playoffs, and three of them were in the eighth. So I'm I'm just saying, like, we saw each other in, in the playoffs a lot. I think I think I can make that claim that it was the Eastern Conference version of, of Magic. Bird. I mean, they have they have been our boogeyman. Even when we were in St. Louis, yeah, we won that championship in 58. But we lost in 57 to another game seven um, in the finals, a double overtime thriller. We lost to him in 60 and 61. Like, when I tell people, like, when Al Horford left us and went to Boston, to me, that was the biggest slap in the face because, to me, Boston is the team, you know, in our history that I don't like the most. I don't like them. I want to beat them every time we play them. 
And it's out of, you know, because they beat our ass in the freaking playoffs every time. And they kept Dominique Wilkins from getting to the freaking third round. And, ugh. No, and, dude, that's literally, like, my next note is that it's, like, look, as 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 awesome as that may be to have such a connection as the Atlanta Hawks to one of the greatest franchises in all of American sports in the Boston Celtics. And I've said that on this podcast before. I'm, like, talking about Hawks. And I'm, like, hey, we can't all cheer for the Celtics, okay? Like, I'm just saying, like, I will give them the respect where it's due and that the Celtics are one of the greatest franchises in American professional sports history. And to have that connection to them is pretty cool. But where it becomes a little more sour and a little more uh, dim is just the idea of exactly what you just said and that this year was hands down our best chance to beat the Boston Celtics in the playoffs and get me to a conference finals and maybe even an NBA finals. And because of how damn good they were, we were, we were just never able to do that. And, you know, that's ultimately what it meant for the Hawks. You know, unfortunately, it pretty much did mean the end of the Neek era in, you know, a Hawks uniform when they could actually compete for a title. Um, the Hawks would make it back to the playoffs three more times with Dominique, uh, but failed to make it out of the first round every single time. So it was kind of like one of those where when you look back on it now that we have all of the history and the statistics, you truly can kind of pinpoint it was like, damn, man, that was that was Dom- he was playing at the highest level of his career. And, you know, because of this juggernaut that were the Boston Celtics of the 1980s was not able to get over that hump. And I got to be honest with you, man. I know that's something that probably still has to eat at him. And uh, I, I feel for him, man. That's 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 rough. But I will say this. We are very blessed to have, you know, such a an amazing person to be, like, outside of our, our, our stadium on a statue. Right. I mean, not only an amazing player. Oh, that's, so awesome, so, man. that's why he's back yeah. there every single episode. That's still, that's still my guy. And if you follow my, my Twitter account, I, he's, he's in my profile picture because he photoshopped me in there. I didn't do that. All right. I just need to clarify that. He photoshopped me. So me. But he's also like, I mean, a, amazing play by Blake guy, color commentary, but also his storytelling. Like the guy is, I mean, we are very, he's a special guy. And we're very, very lucky to, as us Hawks fans, get to call him one of our own. And he's a Georgia boy. He went to UGA. Um, left early then we're actually funny enough the year they made a final four (laughs) and who did they lose to that year i don't remember jimmy b and nc state that's right don't ever give up that's right that's right hey you guys hey georgia had to had to sacrifice themselves to complete one of the greatest sports stories in in the history of america so hey um but yeah no man it's it's truly, you know, I, I won't sit and act like I watched all seven games. I did watch a few of them, most notably game seven. And I'm telling you guys, definitely go check this series out. Um, I'm sure there's, you know, if you rummage around YouTube enough, there may even be a little, you know, a little compilation and whatnot. I'd love to eventually make that. I got to figure out how to do that kind of video editing, though, and get the rights for it. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it's a, it's a series that at the end of the day, I think if it swings in the Hawks' favor, we end up beating Detroit. Even if we push, you know, the Lakers to six, seven games and still lose, I still do think that cements Dominique Wilkins as a top 30 player of all time. And I know some people are going to come for me because, like you said previously, some lists he's not even top 50. But I, I really think people underestimate how good this guy truly was 
And you know what I listen to the most? I don't I don't honestly listen to other fans like me and you. And I'm not, and obviously and I, I listen to us, but what I'm getting at is no no no. You when you hear people that played in his era talk about him, they talk about him like he is one of the greatest offensive threats the game has ever seen. And I just uh, you, uh, what am I going to trust a bunch of fans like us or or people that, that play them uh, against them? Of course, I'm going to trust them. So you stole the words straight out of my mouth. One, I think there was some bias involved because at the time, Atlanta for most of that time was like, what were the only team in the deep south? Only team in the deep south. And there's always been a northeast and west coast bias um, in the media, especially during that era. Um, so, yeah, when it comes to go and just type in Dominique Wilkins, like NBA legends or something and have like listen to the guys that played against him. Go listen to the Kenny Smiths. Go listen to the Chucks. Go listen to Michael Jordan. Right. Bird, all these guys talk about him playing against him and go watch his his highlight rooms. He was doing dunks that looked like dunk contest dunks in the middle of games. Like, the dude was special, and I truly do believe not getting out of second round mixed with their – it's in which media have talked about. There's, there, there is a little bit of media bias. Like, these guys are playing the, the bigger markets, which I know a lot uh, – the younger people, why when I say bigger markets, they're like, wait, Atlanta's one of the biggest markets in the country. What are you talking about? Well, back then, it wasn't. Right. And, you know, I do – don't think he gets the flowers he really deserves. So, all you young kids out there – you got YouTube. Go watch some Dominique Wilkins highlights. Go watch other stories. And you will see why it's called the, he's called the human highlight reel. Oh, he yeah. was LeBron James before LeBron James. Hey man, that's that's a that's a legitimate statement right there. And you know, if you guys go check out those videos, I promise you will not be disappointed. And um, you know, it's it's something at the end of the day that you know he Honestly, I think he's always been one of my more favorite players ever, not even just a Hawks player. And I'm not going to act like I've ever had an extended conversation with him, but I have met him a couple of times at Hawks games and at the meet the team. And the dude is just so genuine and so nice. And you can tell he's one of those people that understands that so much has been given to him with his talent and his ability. And now obviously with his financial success from being a player and all of that, that he continues to give back in so many ways. And I just got to tip my cap to, to the legend that is Dominique Wilkins. So uh, we'll, we'll wrap it up on that though. Uh, I, I, I had a ton of fun doing this episode, man. It's, it's one that to be completely honest, I'll, I'll, I'll give you guys a little insight on the behind the scenes. When we first started the podcast, it was really only supposed to be stuff like this. Then we quickly changed it to a weekly idea. We figured that'd be a little bit better. The point being, man, is I've waited a long time to do this episode. So I'm incredibly excited and thankful that we were able to do it. And uh, I hope you guys enjoy it, man. Um, as always, check out all of our stuff at hawksfantv.com. That's where you'll find our articles and different content as well. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at hawksfantv if you don't already. That's where Alex will be doing spaces. And, you know, you can see see some see some other stuff, some of his, some of his wild tweets that he's always tweeting. Um, and then, you know, just again, guys, thank you as always for the support. Uh, be looking out for more podcasts. We, we're, we're, we're going to keep them coming each week, man. Next week, we have a whole nother history of the Hawks. I'll go ahead and tell you what it's going to be about. It's going to be about Spud Webb in the dunk contest. Mm -hmm. All right, baby. 
So I'm 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 even I'm just as excited for that one. It's gonna be a fun one, guys. So definitely check it out. Uh, thank thank you guys and uh, go Hawks, baby. Yeah, no, thank you guys. You know for all the support. You know, follow. You know, go to the Hawks fans TV. Read the articles. Jump in on the spaces. And hey, follow me and Mac as well. Hey, give us feedback. We'd love to hear from you. What we all might like to see as well. Um, and maybe one day we'll actually get done with an ending here without bumbling our way through and actually have an actual <laughs> clean cutaway. Because um, it's so we more still wrong. We need a teleprompter. We'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> but hey, guys, thank you. We're having a lot of fun doing this. And yeah, next week we can't wait to talk about all. Oh, five foot six of Spud Webb in that dunk contest. Um, that's going to be a lot of fun. You know, even though this is before Mac and I's time, we might be a little older. Um, I'm still not that old, but still, it's it's real fun to go back and look at just some of the, the greats that have gotten to don the, the Hawks uniform and, and help some of you and y'all younger guys. Maybe, you know, y'all can learn a thing or two. Maybe I'll jump on YouTube, like I said, and go, you know, look at some more of the history because there's a lot to our organization. Yeah, we might not have the championships that we want, but, man, it's been a fun – there's a lot of fun peaks and valleys in here. Well, no, I wouldn't say fun valleys because that's – Losing is never fun, but, you know, we got a lot of great things that we get to um, kind of hold our head high about being a Hawks fan. And a uh, five foot six uh, uh, dunk champion is definitely one of those. So y'all take care until next week. Um, go Hawks. Yes, sir.